When we as jelly cards retire from the hobby and a new generation takes over, who will be their 52 tops mantle? Which player, if any, could become the best sports card of all time? Will it be Shohei Otani, a player who dominates the game of baseball like Babe Ruth did? Could it be Patrick Mahomes, a player who has already won two Super Bowls and had a card sell for $4.3 million? Or could it be LeBron James, a player who is already considered the greatest basketball player of all time? We may never see a player dethrone Mantle, but please enjoy this discussion and welcome to the Jelly Cards Podcast. Welcome back to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where John and I are spreading the love of the hobby. This is episode 21. Before we even get into the episode or anything we want to talk about, we are making a public apology <laughs> to uh, Joe Burrow, because on last week's episode, uh, we debated whether or not Joe Burrow was going to have a sports card that could surpass $1 million. I went ahead and made this nice, lengthy TikTok post about it. I, I was actually super happy about the post that I made. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I think this is going to garnish a lot of attention. And for right before I posted it, something made me go, well, let's fact check ourselves here. And just make sure that he has never had a card surpass a million dollars. Yep. $1.7 million. He had a BGS 9.5. I think it was the National Treasures sold uh, back in, uh, I think, September of 2022. <sighs> yeah. Who lets us do these podcasts? Yeah, man. We, we, <laughs> we got to stop. Because people are, people are probably listening to this episode going like, wow, these guys suck. You know, yeah. we, lost, we lost 10 followers after the episode. No, That's not funny. Did we really? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> we actually gained 10 followers because people feel bad. Yeah, they're like, oh, these poor guys. <laughs> So, Joe Burrow, I know you listen to this uh, podcast regularly. Uh, regularly, I know you follow us. You're a big fan of Jelly Cards. <laughs> we sincerely apologize. Uh, next time we uh, see you in person, yeah, we'll we'll send we'll give you a Jelly Cards T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll s- toss you a shirt. Here you go, Joe. Sell yeah. this for three million. Yeah. <laughs> wear it. Wear it in your warmups, okay? <laughs> yeah. But so let's let's get into the big hobby headline news that was released this past week. And this is this is crazy for the for the hobby. The uh, NFL PA has officially terminated effective immediately terminated their contract with Panini. So Panini can no longer print licensed NFL product. Insane, man. So yeah. I want I want your take on it because this is this is major major headline news in the hobby, and especially because you have football starting in literally two weeks, you got basketball starting up in October, and now what does that mean for all of these sets that were about to come out for Panini? So what's your take on it first? So first take I everything that I try to read about it always just says hey this is all speculation we don't know what's going to happen blah 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 and then 
Uh, did you see the response from Panini after the NFL PA made their announcement? No. Okay, yeah. So after the NFL PA, the Players Association made their announcement, uh, Panini responded saying that they thought it was improper and um, unwarranted. And they quoted themselves saying like, hey, we've we've grown trading cards by over a thousand percent since 2009. Mm -hmm. And they think that this was um, just basically a power move by fanatics and it only benefits fanatics. It's not going to benefit the players, the league or uh, consumers, people who buy sports cards. Wow. Yeah, that's what Panini said. So after they released that statement, I kind of like fell into a Jason rabbit hole where I was like, dang, maybe maybe Panini has a small point here that fanatics. That is actually a, it's, it actually is a great point. Yeah. So kind of I wanted to bring up another thing. So I've been trying super hard to figure out what exactly this means. And I found an article that helped me explain it just a little bit. So the NFLPA is the Players Association. That means that um, Panini can no longer print the players and their likeness on cards, mm -hmm. but they still have the NFL license. So, oh, they can, so they could still put the logos on and everything. Yeah, they can still do teams and team logos, but basically new players, uh, rookie cards that are supposed to be coming out, I don't think that Panini can print them. So that's what I was reading. So basically the, P, the NFL PA is now no longer working with Panini, and that's just one part in order to print licensed NFL cards. You need both the NFL PA deal and the NFL deal to print team names and official logos. So to answer your question, I think that this is really crazy. I'm almost certain that now Fanatics is going to strong arm Panini to give up their NFL license. Mm -hmm. But based on how Panini reacted, I don't think that's going to happen. They're just going to keep going back and forth <laughs> and suing each other and figuring out what the, what the future is for NFL cards in the hobby. But yeah, I don't know. I that was my follow-up question that you asked. What's going to happen for these upcoming sets? Are they just going to put a halt on all these sets and kind of go from there? Well, they, I, they probably have to, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know the legality behind it, or I don't know how the contracts work, when the contracts expire, when they were signed. Like for these NFL players that were just drafted, did they already sign deals with Panini? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but it, it's a huge – another thing that I was reading that the Fanatics NFLPA can probably only do this if Panini did something wrong with the contract that lets the NFLPA terminate the contract so quickly. So I think there's a lot of news that's going to be coming out in the next few months, and I'm – I'm excited to see what happens and kind of nervous after what Panini said, but how are you feeling about it? Well, it had, and maybe it has to do with that, like Panini suing them. Like, I wonder if maybe that was in like a part of the contract to where like, Hey, you can't bring like legal action on us or something like that to mm -hmm. make it because this did come out of nowhere. Nobody, everyone thought that it was going to be what 2026 or what it was it? 2026, 2027 mm -hmm. to when fanatics pro takes completely takes over the license agreement. So everyone's very shocked. Nobody has any idea of why or what happened. 
we're just all speculating it has to be because of the lawsuit that Panini made on uh, Fanatics and vice versa, Fanatics to Panini. My biggest thing is, okay, well, if they can't print the likeness of the players and everything, what's the point of releasing your sets? You can't release the sets because the players are on them. Yeah. You know, so so you're going to make a card that of a, you know, of a player's likeness with their team logo, but it's not going to be the player. No one's going to want to buy that. Exactly. So Panini put Panini put all of this work into all these new upcoming sets, especially because this rookie class with uh, these top quarterbacks was going to be a big set. You know, Bryce yeah. Young, Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, Will Levis, uh, CJ Stroud, you know, three of them are probably going to be starters. Mm hmm. So, I mean, it's a big blow to Panini that Fanatics did this, but I wonder if that means, well, does Fanatics already have cards in the work? Did they, did they already print cards? Exactly. So do they have sets sitting? Because here's the thing. If Panini can't release these sets, Fanatics has to have something in the works where they're going to pump something out. You know, yes. even though they don't have the official license yet, they can't do the team uh, names and the logos and everything. But if they can now just do the um, the, the likeness players. of the players and stuff, I mean, it could they could have something in the works already, which makes me think that they're sitting back, going like, okay, we're comfortable enough to make this drastic move because we have these sets that we can you know send out. But I, I actually uh, like the. Um, like what you said about what Panini put in that statement, because one of my buddies, uh, he was, he sent me the article or he just sent me something on, uh, on this topic. And he was like, do you think fanatics is almost like running like a monopoly mm -hmm. of the hobby? And I was, and it made me go, well, you know what? They kind of, kind of <laughs> seems like they are. They're completely trying to take over the entire hobby. And I think it's just – like I, like we said in previous uh, episodes, I think it's a matter of time before they try their own grading company where they're – I mean they want to – they want – they're going to have their own marketplace, you know, their own uh, place to do breaks. I mean everything. They're, they're going to be printing their own cards. It is almost kind of sounds like a monopoly. But yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't – it's very interesting, I think. I completely agree with Panini. I think what Panini did for the hobby, you know, and like I said last uh, episode, you got to give Panini a lot of credit for what they've done for the hobby. They've pretty much put the hobby on the map because prior to 2020, it was just a hobby. <laughs> you know, I mean, realistically, it was just a hobby. It was the hobby of collecting and, hey, I could sell this for, you know, for some money. But mm -hmm. now it's now it's a business the two people it this is their income this is their sole income this is how they make a living and panini is a major major part of that because of what uh profits they're bringing into the hobby and like what these cards are selling for so we'll see i don't know i panini's yeah. got it you know it, it almost makes me hope that panini can pull out up like pull out at, as the winner in this end and be like, you know what? That's fine. Take NFL, take the NBA. We're going to, we're going to make soccer cards, the number one, you know, sport <laughs> card out there. We're going to, you know, I don't know. We'll take over like uh F one or something like that. You know, any something, 
you know, they got to do something. I mean, they right now they have soccer and WWE. Exactly. Like, it's not looking good for them going into the future, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah. From what, like you said, the hobby has become a business. And shout out to your friend for saying what I've been thinking too, that monopolies are bad for business. If you if you form a monopoly for people who don't understand, you're essentially taking control of every aspect of the hobby. And when you do that, that allows you the opportunity to dictate everything. If you start monopolizing the hobby, you eliminate competition. And eliminating competition lets you kind of just become the overruler on everything related to the hobby. What's gonna? Who's going to stop Fanatics from saying, well... We we are the only people who print hobby boxes, and we can price them however the hell we want. Oh, if mm-hmm. if you want them, we're going to price them for three to five k. And if you can't afford it, I'm sorry. But if that's that ties into our previous episode, that's where I chime in and say, well, if you do that, you are going to force the average Joe collector out of the hobby. Yeah. And in my mm-hmm. opinion, but on top of that, so do you think now this this leads into my follow-up question do you think that in 2024 we're going to start seeing like tops chrome football get released yeah yeah i think so i you actually might see it this year tank do you imagine i mean you might it's here's the thing though do they want to do they want to release sets that are unlicensed when it comes to team names and logos though because if you're mm. if you're uh everyday collector in the hobby or you know an everyday investor in the hobby you understand that unlicensed product is just not popular mm-hmm. you know there's a reason why you I can go to a target and see unlicensed baseball product on the shelf nobody wants it yeah. so i don't know if it's a good business move to do that to put in all the time and money and effort into printing unlicensed product excuse me then to put it on the shelves and nobody wants it because panini products uh, licensed Panini products are still there for the taking. I don't know if they will or not, but I definitely think Fanatics has, they had a plan in place and they were just probably waiting until the moment somebody went, Hey, this plan's good to go. Okay, go ahead. And we'll, uh, we're going to terminate this contract with Panini and we're just going to start doing our own thing. But mm-hmm. I've, I, I believe I said it before on a, on a previous episode too that, I, it's, I don't know if this move of uh, fanatics taking over the hobby is a good move for the hobby. I'm kind of scared. Like you said that it might, that's why I keep saying it's like, I feel like the, the hobby is going towards a more high end market to a point where it it might eventually push uh, collectors and investors like us out of it because we can't keep up with these, you know, financial moguls that are in the hobby now. Hmm. You know, and, and it and it worries me that we're gonna be the ones getting stepped on, and people are just gonna scrape us off their shoe and kick us, <laughs> you know, and toss us in the garbage. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I don't know what's I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited and I'm also nervous to see because now after after reading Panini's statement and also hearing what you had to say too, I. I kind of in in fanatics defense, there are tons of people out there, myself included, who are really ticked off with Panini. They 
there are people who are waiting on redemptions for like three years. It's yeah. been three mm-hmm. years since you, since I submitted my redemption, I still don't have my card. And there's other, there's, there's stories that come out that somebody submitted a redemp- uh, card redemption years ago, and then they go online and they see the card for sale. So how in the world is my redemption still waiting and somebody else has my card and they're selling it? So I'm not sitting here saying that Panini is some sort of amazing company. Uh-huh. I appreciate them for what they've done for the hobby. Yeah. But if if they end up losing the license, if they end up losing this war to fanatics, it, it's kind of really sad to say that they brought it upon themselves because they do great things for the hobby. But at the same time, there are people out there who are waiting for redemptions who get cards completely off-centered. And just well, they're, have... they're doing kind of what fanatics looks like they're about to do. <laughs> you know, like... What do you mean? Meaning that Panini, Panini started this whole, like, let's make stuff really expensive. Let's make these sets super expensive. Let's make these cards, like... You know, let's make a $20,000 box that people can buy because, hey, we put a triple LeBron logo man in here, you know, so we can market it at $20,000 because people are going to buy it up like that, you know. So I think Panini is they kind of almost like have to look back and go, well, we kind of we kind of did it to ourselves (laughs) because we, you know, yes, we grew this hobby to what it is now and made it into this, you know financial like you know monster that it is but now fanatics is like well we can do it even better and we're gonna take it over mm-hmm. you know so yeah dang yeah I'm, we're um, it's interesting to see where this is gonna go for the next few months maybe a year out leave oh yeah it's it's probably it's not gonna like be finalized yeah. in the next you know if if this whole legal situation and lawsuit and all that it's gonna be like a year or two yeah. probably you know it's gonna probably go on until fanatics finally takes over like the license agreement and stuff so i agree yeah it's gonna be quite some time yeah but we can move on we can get into our actual main topic because we ended last week's episode uh talking about goats talking about greatest of all time in, in sports and we ended it talk you know saying if shohei otani is he the greatest baseball player of all time and we were speculating whether or not or debating whether or not baseball even has the greatest of all time in terms of sports cards obviously mickey mantle hands down (laughs) you know but when it comes to other sports you know you've seen other other sports have like a michael jordan you know a lebron james a, a tom brady you know players like that who have Maybe not so much change the way the game's being played. Taking that from Eddie from Seven to Seven Cards, um, but <laughs> you saw least, that. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, but have at least won enough championships to you know to make themselves you know be in the talks of greatest of all time. But I don't know if you can sit here and necessarily say that Shohei Otani is the greatest of all time because the guy's only played four or five years in, in baseball. There's no World Series trophy to his name. Granted, sure, he's, he's winning MVPs. He's winning MVPs because he's the only player doing it right now. If it was in a league, if, there, if the league had several Otanis in it, I, would Otani still be what Otani is right now? You know what oh, I'm saying? And there's gosh. a lot of players. There's a lot of players now. You're starting to see a lot of like young kids. There's some like uh, young Australian 
that's uh, that I've been seeing. I don't know if he's a high school player or a college player or something that, or if he's still in Australia, but he's a two-way player that's supposed to be really, really good. Oh my God. I'm shaking my head because like, why? (laughs) There aren't other people like Shohei because Shohei is Shohei. I understand. I understand that. What I'm saying is, listen, we, we, we get it. Shohei Otani is the first person to do this since Babe Ruth. That's why it's great. That's the only reason why it's great because we haven't seen it since Babe Ruth. But but here's the thing. There's going to come a time where there's going to be other players who are going to do, who are going to come into league like Shohei Otani, doing what Shohei Otani does. And is that going to still make Shohei Otani the greatest of all time to do it? The new if other players, people are doing it, and, and what if they do it better than him? The new players that come into the league have one person to thank if that happens. No, yeah, Babe Ruth. Thank you. Oh, my God. Babe Ruth, because Babe Ruth did it first before Otani. Otani is not the first <laughs> player to do it. He's not, is he? Babe Ruth did it briefly, and then he stopped pitching he later in his career. did it, though. He still oh did God. it. Okay. Guess what? When we grew up playing baseball – did, did we not pitch and play positions all the time? Absolutely. But once you get to these higher levels, Jason, you can't you can't focus on both. Only okay. freaking Shohei can. Okay, but that's because they allowed Shohei to do it. Brent, yes. Guess what? Brendan McKay was drafted in 2017. Yeah. Otani came in the league in 2018. Brendan McKay was doing this in the minors before Otani played. Yeah, it's a different. It's different to try to do it I'm and try saying, to stick with it. He's, they, they're not going to sit back and go, "Thank you, Otani, for God. for you being the first person to ever do it," because he wasn't the first person to ever do it. Granted, however many years ago Babe Ruth played, he was not the first person to ever do it. Okay, you're downplaying greatness, and it's making me. You, lose I am my not mind. downplaying greatness. What? Look at. Listen, Otani's never going to touch Babe Ruth's numbers. Yeah, granted, he's going to have better pitching numbers. Otani's never going to have over 700 home runs in his career. Correct. Okay. So Babe Ruth will still be and could still be the greatest of all time. Now, Otani will be the better pitcher because he did it longer, Mm -hmm. but he's never going to touch the numbers that Babe Ruth did batting wise. I agree. So me personally, Otani is not the greatest of all time. Yet. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure. He, if he can surpass Babe Ruth's home run numbers and average, then sure, I'll give it to him. But I don't think he, I don't think Otani's going to finish with a career. What Babe Ruth had, what, 343 or something like that? Uh, Whatever his career batting average is. Yeah. Okay, sure. If he, if he bats, <laughs> if he has more home runs than Babe Ruth, more, uh, a, a higher average than Babe Ruth, then I'll give him the greatest of all time. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. When Babe Ruth started in baseball, I'm pretty sure he was like 19 to 20 years old in the MLB. Shohei is limited because of his international, like Japanese status. Okay, I don't know. So, I don't... so then you probably can't put him on the greatest of all time list. <sighs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, if sure, who who's you think Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player of all time? Right. If I if I had to name somebody, it would be Babe Ruth. Okay, I agree with you, but I'm just pointing out that that may not stay that way if Shohei continues on his trajectory. 
And I when, don't, I don't. when you finish, when it comes down to the numbers, yeah, regardless. So, so, so put an asterisk next to his name. <laughs> didn't, didn't play as long as Babe Ruth did. Yeah. But like, it's, he, shit, listen, Otani was not the first player to ever do it. Babe Ruth did. So Babe Ruth truly gets all the credit for doing it. Sure, man. If that's what you want to say. <laughs> You're a lover of baseball. You should understand this. You are too. That's why I don't understand That's how you don't. That's why I understand that Babe Ruth was the one that did it first. Okay. Babe Ruth absolutely is the one who did it first. Since Babe Ruth, only one player has come close to Babe Ruth, and it's Shohei. And yeah. that's why I love Shohei so much. And so Shohei's sitting back saying thank you to Babe Ruth. Okay. Yeah, he probably is because that's how wonderful a person Shohei Otani is. But when Shohei's career is done, even if he doesn't hit 700-plus home runs, he still, in my opinion, has a chance to be remembered as the greatest baseball player of all time. Because of what we talked about on the previous podcast episode, that if you transported Shohei to the 1920s or whenever, yeah, from I think Ruth started his career in the 1915 or something like that, from 1915 to 1930, I don't care. If you transferred Shohei to that era, he might end his career with a thousand home runs and okay. batting four hundred. What if what if you put Babe Ruth in this era? You don't think it, Babe Ruth would be as good? In, in your era? defense, in your defense, given the same training and everything that goes into baseball nowadays, I think Ruth would still be dominant. But it would take a really long time for Babe Ruth to adjust. So I'm not taking anything away from Babe Ruth. I agree with you that Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player of all time. And he likely will remain that way. But I am trying to eliminate my old school baseball bias and acknowledge the fact that Shohei doing what he's doing currently at this advanced baseball level, players are throwing 100 miles an hour, no problem. They like throw 100 in their sleep. Doing it at this level is should not be downplayed or ignored because uh, he's the best player I've ever seen play and likely will ever see play. If more players come up to the ba- to the majors and they do what Shohei does, they will they will get the praise that they deserve. And they have Shohei to thank for it because after Babe Ruth, teams realize that, hey, we can't let these pitchers try to do multiple things because it's costing us. These pitchers can't hit and pitch because their average is horrible. And then if we let them do that, their pitching might get worse. So people switch to focusing on one thing, but yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, how I mean, you... I'm very, I'm very curious to know if there's any other player that is, that's playing in the league or has played in the league previously who came in possibly as a two way player and they just forced them into one position that could have done great with both, but because teams, like you said, we're so focused on no, you, you, we can't afford to have you do both because what? Oh my God! What if you get injured or whatever? Or there yep. weren't rules in place like there are now. They didn't make the Shohei Otani rule where hey, if you're pitching, you can also you know DH as well. Yeah, so that's very interesting that you say that because there's actually a Hall of Famer who said that recently. So, um, Dave Winfield, who is a Hall of Fame player for the Padres he actually made a post in a photo with him and Shohei and said that like shout out to Shohei for letting for convincing a team to let him try to be a two-way star 
because back then Winfield was also a two-way superstar, but the Padres didn't let him do what he was doing when he was uh, competing at the high school and college level. They made him focus on one thing, and that was his hitting. So, yeah, exactly. I. So you can't really say then Shohei Otani's like you. We just we just it's it's more of like thank you to the Angels for allowing Shohei to do both. <laughs> truly, truly, it's like you got to thank the Angels for that because how can you now sit? Okay, if you, if you say that, how can you sit there and be like, well, he's the greatest of all time? Well, it's only because he's the first player who's been allowed to do it. That's, That's a- the difference. He's not. He's not the first player to do it it's not like nobody else has ever come into baseball not being able to play both sides of the ball okay Otani's just the first person who was given the opportunity to do it at the major league level that's fair I think but I think that it's because even Winfield who is a hall of fame hitter and had actually I'm looking up his stats now he had an amazing he had a pretty great pitching career for Minnesota he went to the University of Minnesota and he was 17 and four with a 2.17 ERA and 199 strikeouts in 149 innings. First team All American as a senior. But, like, maybe uh, you that's a great point. Maybe they don't allow players to try it. But if they do let people try it and they fail, that's like a huge risk. But it sounds as if they didn't even allow Winfield to even right. try it. He came in, they're like, no, you're going to bat. We don't yeah. want you pitching, yeah. which he probably came in and was like, no, coach, like I can do both. Like, let me do both. And they're like, no, we can't do that yeah. because it was and- probably a, it was probably an unwritten rule at that time. That's like, no, we're not going to because, like I said, we all did it. You did mm-hmm. it. I did it. Eric did it. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> did Eric pitch when he was when he was? In, I don't know. Actually. I don't know either. Yeah, but briefly, all, maybe. we all did it. Yeah. We literally all did it growing up. You pitch and you and you play the field. Yeah. Another thing that ties into that argument is the Shohei rule, because um, basically, if you pitch and what, and you get pulled from a game back then, your day is done. You can't yep. you can't keep hitting. So I think that's another thing that I'm reading now that was uh, a reason that the Padres didn't want to let him try it. They wanted him to be an everyday player. But yeah, I mean, you know, these, you know those uh, the, what you're saying. Those arguments are kind of taking away from Shohei Otani being able to be called the greatest of all time because things are in place now to make him great. Thanks to Shohei's existence. But what I'm saying is it's, it's not him in particular. It's, it's just that he was the first person to be allowed to do it. But like if, if the Padres went back and let Winfield do that, well then maybe, maybe that rule would have been in place prior to Shohei ever playing. Correct. You know what I mean? But that's a what if statement. If the reason that these new rules are in sh- in place, Jason, is because Shohei is so dominant at both of them at the major league level. You can Winfield might have been, we don't know, but thanks to Shohei Otani, there are new rules I now just, that uh-huh. I just I don't I don't agree with it because now now you're now you're basically like you're helping my argument because it's like he Shohei Otani was uh, was then he wasn't the first person. There's no way Shohei Otani was the only player that could have done it. There's no way that he's the only. He was just he was the first player that was given the opportunity to do it. That's Eddie's point here. 
There probably are more players who could have done it. I'm almost certain there are. There are plenty of players in the Baseball Hall of Fame who likely would say, hey, if you let me pitch, I probably could have done pretty well. I probably could have been a closer. But not that just never happened because no team was willing to make that kind of risk. You can't risk a player dedicating time to both batting and pitching and letting one thing potentially become uh, a liability. Shohei being dominant at both pitching and hitting has now opened the door for future prospects, future baseball players who want to give it a chance because they're like, Hey, what if you, if you think you can be Shohei, we'll let you try it. But my point here is that if we let you try it and you fail, you've now become a liability to this team. No, you just, you just don't let them do one side of the ball. So like, if they're batting well and their pitching like is not good, you just stop making them pitch. Yeah, or vice and- versa. If they're pitching is if they're dominating pitching and they're batting like a two hundred, well, <laughs> stop batting them. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I think is going to happen. I hope that it doesn't. I hope that there's a lot more people like Shohei who become even better than Shohei because that's how much I love baseball and I want that to happen. I'm just trying to bring up the point that I don't think it's going to happen because of how incredible Shohei Otani is. So yeah. let me let me ask you this then. Do you think Shohei Otani at some point, whether it's still when he's playing or after he's already retired, do you think he's gonna end up surpassing Mickey Mantle to be like the all time like biggest baseball card ever? Um if you that's... say yes, I'm turning this podcast off right now. <sighs> Biggest baseball card ever? Probably not. But, man, that's a really tough question because years from now, when <laughs> when we are gone and Jelly Cards does not exist and the people who grew up idolizing Mickey Mantle and remember Mickey Mantle being the face of this hobby, it could happen. Like, uh, I hope it doesn't, but it could, man. Like, I don't... If, if people grow up and they're their kids are just in love with Shohei and the excitement he brings to baseball and his ability to be an amazing two-way player. Those kids become adults and they have adult money to spend and they're in bidding wars against each other. It could happen. I I don't know if it will. Would I rather have the Shohei or the Mantle? I'd probably, I'd, I'd definitely rather have the Mantle. But Man, you kind of scared me for a little bit there. <laughs> years from now, my point here, Jason, is that could change. Uh, it, it absolutely could. If Otani finishes his career, I said it on the previous episode, he's going he's gonna to have two MVPs after this year. If he wins one more, he's already in a tie for second place in MVPs. I don't think anyone's gotten more than three besides Bonds. So uh, if he, it Doesn't Mike Trout have three? Yeah, he only has three. And he's, at, he's second on the list of just most let, MVPs. Just let you know, Harper has two. I know. Yeah. If if Harper wins a third, he's second on the he list. Just, he, Harper needs to stop getting hurt is what he needs because right now he's still batting like a 290 like well, since coming back from injury and he's playing. He's batting 290. Yeah. And I think Belly, I think Belly can end up winning another one too if he start if he keeps doing. If he didn't miss time like getting injured and stuff like Yeah. I think so too. If I don't know. I, so Acuna is probably going to win it for the NL, but in my bias, excuse me, in my biased Cubs fan heart, I want Belly to go on some sort of insane tear, and I want the Cubs to make the playoffs. 
Uh, so we, that, got, we, we can't lose to the White Sox and the Tigers. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I want that to happen so that Belly can make a strong case for MVP because I'm, I'm super happy with him. But back on track. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If and or when Shohei wins four MVPs, I'm telling you, man, it's a, a lot of analysts, voters, whatever the heck you want to call these people who love baseball and claim to love baseball. They're going to start saying that Shohei is going to go down as the best player ever. And I I love him for it. I, I'm a strong Shohei supporter. Oh, I know that. And I hope I hope it does. I hope he wins eight MVPs. Oh my God. It's like just it's like borderline annoying. Why is it annoying? <laughs> it's annoying to me that you don't feel the same way. No, I don't. Because of what no. you just said. We grew up our whole lives pitching and hitting. Yeah. And, and well, actually, now that it made me realize that I'm like, I know. Well, after what you just said about Winfield, it actually pisses me off more because everyone's <laughs> like, oh, my God, Otani's the first the first since Babe Ruth. To do no, he wasn't. He wasn't the first. He was the first person to be allowed to do it, but he's not the first. It's like there's no way that there's out of all these amazing Hall of Fame baseball players, and like you said, we all grew up high school, college, playing both sides of the ball. There's no way that Shohei Otani's the only person that would have been able to do this at the at this a level. I think it's just it was an unwritten rule in baseball that you didn't do it because of the fact of like a liability reason that we don't want you getting hurt or there weren't rules in place that allowed you to do it because it's like, yeah, if I'm pitching, well then I can't, you know, if I'm in the AL and I'm a pitcher and a batter, well, anytime I pitch, I can't bat. Right. It would be like, it would be okay in the NL, but yeah, then the moment, if I had a, say I had a bad pitching game and I only pitched four or five innings, well now I'm getting taken out of the lineup and I can't bat. See, like that's, that's another, that's a counter argument right there. Back in the, NL days when pitchers freaking hit, why didn't that happen? None of these superstar pitchers were able to hit. Like, uh, maybe, yeah, even even back when did the? Dang, I'm curious to know. I feel like that's always been a rule. Why didn't all these Hall of Fame pitchers become superstar hitters? Like, why are their hitting stats horrible? Probably because they they probably never practice them hitting. Pitchers well, like. They're probably pitchers when when a pitcher came up, it was like there there's no way that you're sitting if you were a pitcher back back in the day and especially in the NL, there's no way you're practicing hitting. You're not take you're not taking BP. When will you ever watch BP at a baseball game and see pitchers in there? Well, why aren't they? If you if that was part of because, the game back because then. Because it was the unwritten rule of you're a pitcher. We don't need <laughs> you to bat. Yo, That's guys dumb. like Sam, if you gave Zambrano or Madison Bumgarner like time in the cage and stuff, I'll bet you they could have been better hitters. So you're saying that the teams forced Zambrano I, I and Bumgarner? I believe so. I, I think it was back then. If you were a pitcher, we need you to pitch. I don't need you to hit. I need you yeah. to pitch. I think that's dumb and that's it, or if we're gonna if we're gonna teach if we're gonna give you some batting time, learn how to put a bunt down. That's what we need. <laughs> that's what we need from you. Like, so yeah, that's, I, I do think that I do think that, oh, let me ask you this too, mister, because you hate the rule changes and you think that offense is going to be inflated by the, the news, uh, new rule changes. Do you think it already oh, is, do you think Otani's numbers are inflated because of the new rule changes? Because yes. before this, he couldn't bat over 300. 
He was batting yep. like 260, 270. Now, all of a sudden, he's a 300 hitter. Yep. They are so, inflated. That's proof right there. Okay. So, so are you super happy with what he's doing? Or are you sitting back going, well, I don't know if these, these numbers for Otani are real or not. Home runs, sure. But is his batting average real? In my stubborn opinion, no, it's not. But hey, I'm I'm a minority in that, so it doesn't matter. His his numbers are his numbers, and there's nothing I can do about yeah, it. Because now all of a sudden, Otani's a 300 batting uh, batter, but the last how do you seasons, feel? He couldn't. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that, Jason? I listen. I'm okay with I'm okay with the rule changes. Like I'm not I'm not against them. I I don't think they were necessary because I wasn't one of the one of the ones that sat back and went baseball's too long of a sport. Same. Like, but I, I, so like these numbers, yeah, I, I look at the steals. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, all the numbers are inflated. Like, yeah. I mean, realistically, can you sit back and, and think that these numbers are truly legit? The only thing Thank that's you. kind of, um, kind of leveled out a little bit is like the home runs that we're not seeing more home runs. It's not like everybody's at like 50 home runs. Right. And, but averages, steals-wise, yeah, I think a lot. You know, there's other players that you know are having higher averages because because of the rule changes. So, thank you for and saying I think, that. And I think Otani's one of them. I think Otani's oh. extremely benefit uh, benefiting from these new rule changes. I said that would happen, didn't I? I said yeah. I can't wait for Otani to hit over 300 so Jason can get pissed because that's that's exactly what happened and that's what's happening. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, greatest of all time, but he's only benefiting from these new rule changes. Yeah, well, hey, that's, well, I have to, we have to accept that, apparently, because that's what, how the MLB decides to let things happen. So, yeah, but what are you going to do about it? He's going to finish his career a 300 hitter. No, he's He's, not. uh, He will not finish his career at 300. At least pushing it. I'm almost certain he'll hit over 280, so... When that happens, and he finishes his career with multiple MVPs, freaking striking out 200 batters every year, we'll we'll have this discussion again. And, and I don't, I actually don't know if he'll ever be able to uh, win a Cy Young. Yeah, we'll see. It and could I, happen. I only say I don't know if he'll be able to do it because he does not pitch the same amount of innings as everybody else. Yeah, exactly. I think I think the biggest thing that hurts him when it comes to pitching is his number of innings pitched. Yeah, but. <laughs> like how can how can you give him the Cy Young with his numbers, but somebody else, but a pitcher who pitches like thirty, like twenty to thirty more innings than him, is doing the same thing? Like you'll never, you'll never give him the Cy Young, in my opinion, because he just doesn't, he doesn't put in the same amount of work as you know, as a Kershaw or you know a Garrett Cole or you know what I mean. Like it just, he just doesn't do it. Are you factoring in? The point that Shohei has to bat every single game, yeah, but, but no, but I don't think that they're going to factor that in when it comes to the Cy Young. Well, they should. <laughs> I just don't think it. Like, I yeah. don't think that they'll be like, "Well, he's got a bat too." No, they're gonna be like, "No, we're gonna give the Cy Young to the pitcher who's dominating at the pitching, you know, on the mound and putting in more work than Shohei is." That's sure, fine. he could win the MVP, but he's not going to win. He's not going to win a Cy Young. That's fine. You can say that because I think I have so much faith in Shohei that he. I have. I think he could win at least one Cy Young. But uh, it's it is what it is. It's it's just 
all the all the voters for MVP, except for two of them, need to have their voting rights revoked. Nope. So, judge, judge, MVP, MVP, MVP. So, so stupid! <laughs> what a waste of an, an incredible year. Shohei had one of the best seasons in baseball history, and uh, he didn't well, win MVP. Eh, and now a, he's following it up it with another one. It wasn't the best though. Yeah, so stupid. I can't believe that. Judge had the best season. My baseball heart. Yeah, my baseball heart weeps for the future of this sport and the stupid voters. Well, let me let me ask you this, too. Uh, (laughs) Do you think that there's any other player from an from a different sport that could be the greatest of all time when it comes to sports cards? I'm like, we 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 finished last week's episode talking, you know, debating uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick Mahomes already has what's his highest card sold? Was was like four million or something? I think so. It, it was something crazy like that. So, can we argue that Patrick Mahomes, if he continues the success that he had has in the NFL, that he could end up being the greatest sports card of all time? Because let me tell you this: Mickey Mantle's 1952 tops card. Is it more so of Mickey Mantle's playing in the MLB or playing in baseball, or is it more so of the fact that it's a it's a historical piece of like sports history, and that's why it's as iconic as it is? Like, um, are people buying the card because of its history, or are they buying the card because it's like it's Mickey Mantle, like, and his playing was amazing? It's I think it's a mixture of both. If um, yeah, Mickey Mantle. Not only being the being the face of fifty two tops and the release of tops being a thing, he was before any injuries happened. He was by far one of the best players anybody had ever seen. Uh, I think he won at least one triple crown, maybe two. So, yeah, Mickey Mantle is an amazing baseball player. And then after he got hurt, and um, he also had some off field issues. I think he had, he had some pretty rough struggles with alcoholism. So. Yeah, Mickey Mantle is one of the best baseball players ever. And on top of the fact that the 52 Tops is the first released top set and he's in there, it's a mixture of both. So, yeah. Because uh, if if you're coming down to, like, if there's somebody that's ever going to surpass that card as being, like, the number one card of all time, I mean, is is there another player, I mean, can Shohei Otani or Patrick Mahomes surpass that aspect of it being like, well, this was the first ever, you know, release of tops 1952. You know, this was, this was the start of baseball cards basically, or like mm-hmm. the, the kickoff of baseball cards in the hobby. So like, can a player like that ever surpass that because they don't have that background that, right. you know, Mickey Mantle has. That's a phenomenal question. And my answer to that is I don't think they can like, even so, that was another thing I wanted to mention. When we, another freaking dumb slip up by John and Jason from Jelly Cards, the idiots of Jelly Cards. <laughs> I said, I said that the, um, I misspoke and I said that the pitching was the Super Fractor BGS 9. So there's two rookie Otani Bowman autos. There's a pitching one and there's a hitting one. The hitting one is the BGS 910. The pitching one is a BGS 9.510. Both of those cards, in my opinion, will never outsell one of the three 1952 tops PSA 10 Mickey Mantles. And yeah, that's that's my answer to that question. I don't think that any card 
currently has that um, prestige that is carried with the 1952 tops. So, but you know what? That's here's my follow up question to that. Obviously, the T206 Honest Wagner is extremely expensive and extremely rare. Mm-hmm. What if one day somebody's cleaning out their closet and they stumble upon a T206 Wagner? And it's like and, a nine or something? Yeah. And it gets like a PSA eight to 10. Which would you rather have? Would you rather have the 52 Tops Mantle or would you rather have the highest grade officially, legitimately? Honest Wagner card. I would rather have the Christy Mathewson. <laughs> <laughs> My man, good answer. Well, Christy Mathewson was what, like 1910 or something? It was early. Yeah, like, I, similar I remember, year. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I would much rather have the Mathewson. <laughs> to be yeah. totally honest, I would much rather have out of the three, give me a Christy Mathewson, like how first did, ever card. How did that come about? Why are you such a Mathewson fan? Um, uh, in baseball, in the MLB, the show. <laughs> Anytime Seriously? I anytime I do like a draft, like a like a fantasy draft in, in baseball, he's actually in the game. He's he's down as a reliever, but he's got he's got like the best pitching stats. Like his stamina is like unreal. Like all his he's like almost fully loaded to like ninety nine on like everything. But they mark him down as a reliever. And I when I started playing and doing it, he was just always a player that I was like. I would draft right away. I would make him a starter. And I'm like, yep, Christy Matheson's my guy. And then I started doing more research on him, mm-hmm. especially when the card boot, you know, when, when we started to get into like the card collecting again, I, yeah, I just started doing all the research on him and like, man, Christy Matheson's my guy. I love that. Yeah. He's one yeah. of my favorite players of all time too. So give me, give me the Matheson. But if I had to pick <laughs> between the honest Wagner and the 52 uh, mantle, I would probably still do the 52 mantle. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I think I would great, do the it's same. A great, it's a great uh, point, though, because, yeah, who who knows if the Honest Wagner card would surpass Mantle. Yeah, exactly. And we might – so that ties into my other point. We might never know because I don't think that – I don't think that PSA 10 Mantle, one of the three, is ever going to be sold anytime soon. No. Because people are infected, man. They're infected with the addiction of – freaking collecting cards and they don't want to give up the their crown jewel there's no way well it's also like that anticipation of like there's probably collectors out there who are sitting back going like when are they gonna sell this card i need it like i need it so badly so the moment it's sold i think people are going to like 20 million dollars i'll give you 20 million dollars for this card right now at least you know 50 million dollars i want i will give you 50 million dollars to have this card Exactly. Because yeah. they're just literally sitting back, probably like you, where they're just, <laughs> you know, they got the itch and they're like, I need cards, I need cards. There's probably collectors that are like, uh, the moment this card gets gets put on auction, I am going to bid like $50 million for it. Yeah, man. Uh, for people who can, that's that's chump change to them. They're like, yeah, I don't care. What? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to walk into Jason's house one day. Everything is gone. Furniture missing. Jason's just sitting in the t- in his living room, but, holding the mantle. But I have a, yep, I have a PSA ten fifty two mantle though. Yeah, man, I'd be I'd be proud of you. I I would understand. <laughs> and then I'd sell it to you for yeah. hundred million. <laughs> exactly. And then my wife would leave me, and I'd be alone yeah. with my mantle. And then I'll sell it, and she'll come back. <laughs> 
So I mean, but realistically though, do you can you can you see maybe Patrick Mahomes like put like making a push towards my bad. towards that level? Yeah, that was a great question. Uh, are there any current players who are going to become goats, greatest of all times in their sport? Well, in just in the sports card hobby, like yeah. when we look at the ones who are in the top ten, I mean, do you think? I I personally think I think Mahomes could make it close. Like I think he can get pretty close to it. Okay. I think mm-hmm. he could push towards ten million on that card. Really? If he if he gets close to what Brady was able to accomplish in his career, like what like what Eddie put in our uh, you know when we were talking to him on Instagram, you know about Shohei Otani and and oh Shohei Otani almost like revolutionized the sport. Like he changed the way the sport's being played. Granted, and he said, you know, Brady, yeah, won a lot of championships, but Brady didn't really change the game. He kind of out. It, he changed the game because it really made everybody scared to play Brady in the <laughs> in the playoffs. And I feel like I feel like Mahomes has that same status now. Hmm. You don't want to face Mahomes in the playoffs because mm-hmm. Brady did. Brady, I mean, how many away games did Brady play in the playoffs? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Mahomes has yet to play an away game, like I said in the last episode. So I feel as if Mahomes is on that same level when it comes to playoff like uh, stature. I think they're like very similar. He is almost Brady 2.0 right now when it comes to the playoffs. Like you know, you know they're gonna make it. You know the Chiefs will be in it every time. You know they're more than likely going to the AFC Championship game. It just depends on who can beat him in the in the AFC Championship game. And yeah. I think I think if he continues to keep winning and winning and winning, because granted, Brady did all these accomplishments back when the hobby wasn't what the hobby was. Mahomes is doing it now when the hobby is so alive. Yeah. So if Mahomes continues to get another one and another one, if he makes it to like five, I think he you're gonna see him pushing towards that like ten million dollar mark. Because yeah. now all the talks in the media is gonna be, well, who's the greatest of all time? Can mm-hmm. can Mahomes surpass Brady and become the greatest of all time? Can Mahomes be the greatest of all time without winning the same amount of championships? Because look at LeBron versus MJ. Right. That's what I was so, gonna say. Eliminating so, yeah. my my um my bias as much as I can. I feel like the LeBron might push like um might throw his head into the ring or whatever the expression yeah. is mm-hmm. in the discussion that we're having right now. If he wins another one and he gets his himself five NBA titles, um do I think that the upper deck exquisite rookie auto might surpass some of these records that have been happening with sports cards. Sure. But to Eddie's point and to kind of your point that we're talking about here, I don't consider, I don't think LeBron has changed the way, changed basketball the way that Jordan changed basketball. Honestly, and, LeBron changed basketball and I think he made it worse. Yeah, that's how I like feel. Realistically too. then that's not, I'm not, I'm not like making it. I honestly think LeBron has hurt the way the NBA is now. I think so. Because too. it's so soft. It's a soft sport. Nobody plays defense anymore. No. Nope. I, yeah, I, I agree with you, but that I am trying to eliminate bias and acknowledge yeah. that we might be in a minority. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, um, 
kind of shout out to the non-major sports. I feel like, what if there's some sort of super rare auto of Messi? I feel like a Lionel Messi card might kind of. I'm shocked that Messi isn't higher yeah. up on the list. What he is might... what is the uh, most expensive? I don't even know the most because I, I actually thought about this the other day and I thought the same thing. I'm like, how is Messi being a worldwide icon of of sports? Yeah. Not more talked about in the hobby. That's like, a good I, I don't even know, like, what, like, because Messi will probably go down as the greatest soccer player of all time, right? I'm, I'm assuming. I, I think so, too. If not, yeah. he's already the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally think he is, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of debates that could happen there. Are, are you looking it up, trying to find it? I'm trying to. Um, so. I'm trying to find the most expensive cards ever sold. And there's a, uh, uh, in June, 2021, the 2004 Panini sports mega cracks, messy rookie in a PSA 10 sold on golden for $336,000. That can't be the highest one. I think it currently is. That's okay. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> that is extremely sad. And I think that really shows the level of where like soccer's at in the hobby. Yeah, and I was going to mention, we haven't talked about Gretzky because the, um, I was, man, we need to have another hockey episode so we can get JK on here and we can mm-hmm. debate this. I saw a tweet saying, is Mario Lemieux the greatest hockey player ever? And I want JK's opinion on it because um, there are people in the reply section saying, hell yeah, he is. It's not even close. Like if Lemieux didn't get hurt, he's he's the best player ever. Better than Gretzky. Gretzky benefited from a better team. Better than Paul Correa? <laughs> yeah. Better than Kenny Wu. Yeah. yeah. Woo Wu Kenny better than Tomas Kopetsky. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. So we're getting off track. But people players who change their sport and Eddie's defense, Gretzky, Jordan, in my opinion, are the top two. But I don't know. Uh yeah, we've we've gone way off track because now I'm I'm trying to find different like most expensive hockey cards. I'm still stuck on your question, Jason. I'm trying to figure out is there anyone in any other sport that has the chance to become the greatest of all time? And the uh, only player I think is Shohei. I don't think anybody else. I think when it comes down to it, I think there's three top players that could potentially make a push towards Mickey Mantle's 52 tops. And I think it's Shohei Otani, Patrick Mahomes, and LeBron. Thanks. However, I don't think LeBron's going to do it only because he's at the tail end of his career. I think when it comes down to it, it'll be Shohei Otani or um, or Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if Shohei Otani can get there only because he's he, it's a baseball card. And I think when it comes to baseball, like you said, would you rather have the 52 tops or would you have, rather have Otani's like best rookie card or whatever? I think people are going to want the 52 tops. Yeah, I and, think so too. But I think when it comes to Mahomes or the – the mantle well now you're comparing two different sports it just kind of really all depends on the collector that's you know sitting there presented with this you know option like which one would you rather have and i honestly think there might be some people that go well i i want the mahomes like if somebody was given a 52 tops mantle of equal value to the to the best mahomes card and they said which one would you rather have i'm I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are going to take the mahomes because there's more room for growth Okay. Yeah, like uh I don't know, like a PSA six or seven or maybe even yeah. higher of, mm-hmm. of a mantle versus the Mahomes. Yeah. Because there's Mahomes is going to continue to grow. 
I mean, are we going to see another smite, uh, spike, another spike in mantle cards uh, until unless the PSA 10 gets sold? That's the only way you're. I think you're going to see that happen again because something drastic would have to happen for that market, in my opinion, to make it like go insane again. Hmm. Okay, it's an interesting uh, thought. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Like, um, if some super rich person becomes even richer and they finally have the money to spend on a PSA nine mantle and one surfaces. I feel like that record could be broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> a, I don't know. It's okay though. SGC baby. Yeah. For now. Yeah. It's not going to last forever. Well, we can, uh, we can wrap it up here. We talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, again. Re- yeah. Another great Shohei Otani debate. Yeah. People are gonna people are gonna get to that point of the episode and they're gonna be like, Yeah, we don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They might as well just be the uh the Shohei Otani podcast. Yeah. We need to have these other two clowns on this podcast well, so we can you know, talk yeah. about it. I mean, you know, I think we could easily get Eric on there. I don't know if Luke would will ever get on here. I mean, I think Luke. if we can get Luke if if we can get Eric, I think Luke would do one for sure. Yeah, I think we need Luke because he's the only one. Who had the foresight. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we should have, we all should have hopped on the Otani train with Luke. When they were all like, like between like 20 and $50. Exactly, man. They're less than a hundred bucks. And, uh, cause so Otani, uh, Otani was a big name coming in, but then he got, he had bad injuries and everybody forgot about him until, yeah, until he finally started playing a full year. And the next thing you know, poof, yeah. And then we can have our, um, our, our MLB rule changes debate, so everybody can attack me. That yeah, that might get very heated. You know, if we <laughs> ever do that podcast, that's going to be very heated. Yeah, I know I'm alone in my stubbornness, but yeah. whatever. Okay, last yeah. thoughts, Jason, so I can wrap us up. Uh, yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think it was a great episode. I think we talked about a lot. Um, now that you brought up that whole Winfield thing, I, I definitely don't think Shohei Otani. Sh- should be considered the greatest of all time, at least not yet. He should not be in that uh, um, that conversation. Give him, you know, 10 plus years or whatever down the line, and then maybe we can start talking about who's greatest of all time. Um, and, yeah, I think that – I think Mahomes could push it. I think if there's any other uh, player that could be could become the greatest sports card of all time, I think it's Mahomes. If I had to choose between the top three, like I said, uh, Otani, Mahomes, and LeBron, I would put my money on Mahomes. Okay. Those are my Fair final enough. thoughts. Yep. All right. All right. So thank you all very much for listening. This was a pretty interesting topic of discussion. So first of all, we opened up talking about the the new hobby bombshell that dropped that the NFLPA terminated their contract effective immediately with Panini. And we want to know what you think. What does this mean for the future of NFL football cards? And let us know your thoughts. And then after that, a really great topic of discussion and a really good, interesting thought. Is Otani going to become the greatest baseball player of all time? And aside from that, is there anybody else in any other sport that you think is on the verge of becoming the greatest player of that sport of all time i think that was a really great question by you jason because now i i'm trying to think and i can't think of anybody but who knows what's going to happen 
the future of sports in general. I've talked about this with JK and probably you guys too. So many freak athletes are coming into the sports of baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, every single sport around the world. Athletes are just getting better, faster, stronger every mm-hmm. single day. So who knows what's going to happen? Please reach out and let us know. Please reach out on our Facebook Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter, we are at Jelly Cards, J-E-L-I-C-A-R-D-S. On TikTok, we are Jelly underscore cards. And let us know what you think. Who do you think is going to become the best, most greatest of all time in their sport and why? Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you have an amazing week and an amazing weekend. And as always, keep spreading the love of this hobby from your friends at Jelly Cards.